Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Match Fit Football Podcast. I'm Darren, your host, as always, here on the show. And just a reminder to any of our listeners, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Match Fit Football for all your footballing needs. Today's guest, he's joining us all the way from Norway, where he is celebrating a promotion win with Hamcam. It is Theo Bear. Theo, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me, man. Delighted to get you on here. And as I just mentioned, you know, you're out in Norway, you're playing in Hamcam, you know, you've just won promotion and um, phenomenal achievement, phenomenal season for you guys. You're on loan from the Vancouver yeah. Whitecaps here in the MLS. Talk to me a little bit about your your season so far. Well, not so far, it's finished, but your season in Norway and how you find it in Norway and winning promotion and everything that encompasses a phenomenal year for you. I mean, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, let me move again. Um, it's too hot. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, it's been a, a very interesting transition. Um, Norway is somewhat like Canada, honestly, in terms of like weather and, and the outdoorsy side of it all. But um, in terms of, of, of playing and all that kind of stuff, it's been it's been almost surreal. The, the team is, is, is a very, very good team. Everyone works extremely hard. Um, they all want to win so badly, and you can see it, it if you watch our training. There's there's no uh, level drop when we train. Um, this guy's our our best one of our best players this season. Um, every single time that a guy's on a breakaway or something like that, he's he's full on slide tackling him and training and making sure that that everything's competitive. And it's a uh, it's been a very interesting. Uh, uh, transition. It's a, it's a it's a cool place to be. Um, everyone speaks English, which is also nice. So it wasn't too hard for me to to adapt and adjust. Obviously, I'm trying to learn a little bit of Norwegian, but um, the the team from day one to to now has been very professional and and a great environment to be a part of. So it's been a it's been excellent for me and and my roommate Sam, who's also North American, who uh, we we adjusted very quickly and it, it felt kind of like we're at home. Uh, like whenever you went out there was the goal when you arrived was it always promotion was that always the goal yeah uh, i'd say so um since the beginning of us being here um including even before it was decided my agent was saying that their goal is to be promoted and we are we are hopefully the pieces that can come and help and so far so good we haven't lost a game in the league since being here which is a, a pretty a pretty impressive thing um but that's not not only on us obviously the team is just unbelievable and they they have been all season so credit to them um but uh, yeah the, the promotion has been has been the goal and it's now secured and not only is it secured it's secured with a champion spot absolutely and i think that will help you in the rest of your career you know what i mean you know that drive to succeed that work rate in training obviously the promotion and that winning feeling because when you get that winning feeling it's hard to not have it you know you get used to it you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. for you obviously you're you're still a young player and you're out in norway on loan what does the future hold for you or what 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 are your goals for the future i mean Obviously, I want to play in a top five league one day. I want to be one of the Canadians that uh, that is part of this golden generation, the, the Tejans, the Jonathan Davis, the Alfonso Davies. Um, these, these guys are all very, very special players, and they're doing very special things for the country and advancing the country in football. Um, my One of my friends who also played for Vancouver Whitecaps is, who is now in Turkey, 
time at Akubi had a, a similar uh, trajectory. He was at Caps and then went on loan a couple of times and then ended up in Valerenga in, in Oslo in Norway. And now he's he's playing for the national team consistently and doing very well in Turkey. So um, my hope is to is to follow a similar a similar path and be successful here and hopefully uh, hopefully be able to move abroad um, in in the near future. Hopefully, um, but I'm I'm really enjoying playing right now, and that's that's all that matters. Uh, it was difficult with Corona and all that kind of stuff. It it kind of hit hard, I think, for a lot of people. But now that uh, I get to enjoy this year and, and enjoy playing football again, having fun and winning, it's a it's an amazing feeling. It's an interesting point that you made, you know, about playing and you, you've went out on loan to play and, and your goals is to play in one of the top five leagues at some stage. Another young player from Vancouver Whitecaps, you know, that you'll know very, very well. Derek Cornelius has done the same thing. He's went out on loan and he's playing every week in Greece and he's in the international team and he's doing really, really well. And yourself, you've played for Canada, you've scored for your national team. There's obviously an immense amount of pride with that. And now that you've had the taste of it, that's what you want. Obviously, going forward, you know, you've, you've mentioned that in terms of that's your goal long term. Yeah. You want to be part of this golden generation. But take me back to where it all started for you, because I want to before we delve into like the match fit performance section and the match fit mindset section, I want to get to know you a bit as a person. So was football something that you were just good at as a kid and it went from there or was there a love of the game? How did you develop into and um, where did this idea of you playing football professionally come from uh so essentially when i was very young um my sisters are both four and five years older than me and they both played football so uh my family is somewhat of a football family you could say my dad played until probably up to this year my mom as well which is kind of crazy both of them uh playing indoor and outdoor so i got to watch a, a lot, a lot, a lot of football from like age three on, basically, um, or as much as I could remember, you know. So, um, football has been part of my family for so long that I think that it was inevitable that I became a, a, a professional. I told my dad when I was probably six years old that my dream is to have a crowd chant my name and score a goal in front of a big stadium and that sort of thing. So, um, I've I've uh, successfully done that now and. I want to push the boundaries. I want to see how how far I can take it. And I, I love the sport so much so that I just want to keep going. I, I it, It's my passion and it's uh, it, my, my life kind of revolves around it. Obviously, there's different aspects of me, but football is definitely one of the biggest ones. And um, I want to I really want to push the, the ceiling for it and see how far I can take it. And an interesting point on that, you know, you've been you love the sport you have a passion for it and you've been involved in it since you were so young but what motivates you to want to be the best if i asked you you want to play in one of europe's top five leagues you want to be a starter for canada in this golden generation this canadian yeah. team that's doing really really well what is the motivating factor behind all that that gets you going i mean there's there's a lot of things obviously um this just having the fact that i i left had to leave my family at such a young age i left 14 to move across the country by myself hmm. and uh it was difficult for my family to to let me go because hmm. it wasn't it was very out of the ordinary what i was doing hmm. but um i told them that it would all be worth it and I, I think that what i'm doing now they they tell me every day that that i've exceeded expectations and that it, it already is all worth it but for me it isn't yet hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I want to make it to the top. I want them to be able to, to, to see the, the better things of life and, and watch me succeed on all stages. Um, there's also just the pride of my country being able to, to push the boundaries of Canada and have us be, be not only at top 50 now, but be even a top 10. And I think that with this generation of footballers that I see coming up, I see guys all over the place, including in the, in the CPL, all the way up to Champions League that have so much potential and that are going to be the, the future of Canada soccer. So being able to be a part of that and be part of the history of, uh, of our country's uh, football uh, footballing success is, is a huge thing for me as well. I want to, I want to represent my country and I want them to do be successful. So um, that is also a, a massive part of my motivation, being able to, to be part of the, the, the generation that changed football for Canada forever. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's mostly my motivation. It's, it's phenomenal to hear that because as someone, I'm very passionate about seeing young players get chances and young players playing as early as possible mm-hmm. in the first team. I love seeing that. And, you know, whenever I was going to games and I was seeing Alfonso Davies coming through and getting his chances and then yourself, you were coming through getting chances and Derek mm-hmm. Cornelius was signed to the Whitecaps and stuff like that. To me, that's, you know, Michael Baldissimo, another one, a local guy who's who's been playing for the first team. To me, that's what I love to see as, as a fan and for you as a young player coming through. And we have a lot of listeners who are young players who want to go professional or maybe they're they're Mm -hmm. in youth contracts and they want to sign professional contracts talk to me a little bit about that step up from youth team to first team and managing that and even the mindset behind because it must be difficult as a young player if the manager throws you in for a game or two and then he decides to give you a break for a game because i feel like sometimes as a young player you might think you've done something wrong and you might not Mm -hmm. have it might just be rotating the squad or resting but Give me a bit of a glimpse into going from youth football to senior football and what it's like coming up through the stages and breaking into that first team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for first of all, it's a it's quite the difficult step. It's not a it's not a, for everyone, if that makes sense. It's a it's a it's a big jump between um, first team football and youth football. But the, the the thing that I've noticed, especially about myself and about others that I've seen make this jump, is maintaining your style of play. So a lot of the time when you get to the first team coaches will kind of, uh, will kind of try to take away what you, what you have to, to play a certain style, which is, which is obviously okay because you have to adapt as well. But I think that young players tend to forget who, who they are as a player and what actually got to them, got them to that stage where people try to push them. So I think uh, not forgetting your character is a big, big part of, uh, of making that jump and when things get tough like for example a coach says um or doesn't say but just benches you for whatever reason to believing in yourself again and being honest with yourself about why he could be it's not overthinking it but just being like okay right now i'm on the bench what am i going to do if i get onto that field what am i going to do to help my team what am i going to do to make sure that when i'm when that 90 minute whistle blows I've done something to impact the game in a positive way. And that's the only way you can think thinking negatively is not going to help you at all. And, and I think that you have to be positive about every aspect of the game, including the ones when it's, when it's hurting you a little bit. I think I've seen that in you, you know, in person, when I've seen you play, you know, you've came 
when anytime you have came off the bench, it almost looks like you come off the bench with a point to prove. You know, your energy is there, your pace is there, you're, you know, torturing defenders, you're running at defenders, nobody's getting a minute's break whenever you come on the pitch. And even when you start games, you were you were very, very similar that way. Was that something that you learned over time, or was that just a passion that you've always had to I'm making an impact here? Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've tried to maintain, again, that mindset of I need to do something that people will remember. And I think that, for example, a lot of the times when I got subbed into games uh, for Caps, it was it was kind of like either a game where we're losing 3-0 or something like that. I met, I guess if you go back to my first season, maybe not, but maybe we were uh, tied 1-1 or something like that. But when you don't have the ball – the only way to make an impact is to press. So I knew that if I pressed and I, and I, and I worked my, my socks off while I was on that I could make some kind of impact and bring some kind of energy to the team. And that makes a big difference for everyone behind me and being one of the highest players on the field. That's important. I think having the guys behind me say, okay, Theo's ready. Theo's serious. Let's, let's get going. Let's work with him and, and let's try to, let's try to get this ball back. I think an interesting point with that is that type of style, it gets the crowd invested and the crowd involved. You know, they start cheering, they start clapping, and all of a sudden the team almost goes, oh, we're up for this. And there's a bit of confidence comes from that. And it can literally be, as you said, from just you coming on the pitch and just sprinting 100 metres to close the defender down or challenging for a ball that maybe whoever you replaced it wasn't doing. And all of a sudden the crowd's invested, then the team steps up and everyone's head lifts and it can completely change a game. And I think that's a phenomenal attitude to have. Um, so when you were like coming up through different teams, was the goal always to be a professional player? And was the goal always to play at the highest level? Or when did you sort of, when did the penny drop, so to speak, that one, you could be a professional and two, this could be your career and three you youth believe you could play at the highest level. Yeah. I mean, it kind of came in stages when I was very young. Like I said, I told my dad, I wanted to play in a stadium uh, with the crowd cheering and stuff. And my dad told me the, the, the real truth as a, as a young, young person, I, he told me that it's going to be very difficult if you want to do it, but if you want to do it, I can help you. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, dad, I want to do it. So, um, a lot of the time me and my dad would train extra and he would be to go to the park and just kick a ball around and just do a, do a little bit more than the, the usual person would do. And then once I hit around, I don't know, I'd say 11 years old. Um, my dad <laughs> always recalls a moment where I was, uh, I was one V one with a keeper um, when I, and, and it's, a, I would say it's the, I guess not 90 minutes, but 60 minutes at the time. It's this, it's the 59th minute. Um, right before the game ends and we're tied 1-1 and I was 1v1 with the keeper and instead of just trying to shoot it like probably any other kid would I had been watching so much Ronaldinho and, and that sort of thing on TV that I went and shit scooped it over the keeper's head and after that game I think my dad my dad knew that I I had the kind of X factor that uh, that some young kids have and he just said, Theo, if you want to be a professional soccer player, you can do it. And uh, from that day forth, that was my dream. When my dad told me that I could do it, I truly believed that I could do it. And um, he wasn't wrong. So it's, it's kind of cool to see that I'm just putting my efforts forward and, uh, and pushing uh, got me to where I am today. It's, it's phenomenal. And one of the points you mentioned there was whenever you were able to, you know, chip the keeper and 
the the x factor that you had and that your dad seen and went you can be a pro if you want to be a pro you're good enough mm-hmm. and I hadn't planned to ask this question but your answer got me thinking about this is about pressure so when you have a young player who is obviously gifted and has that x factor and stands out amongst his mm-hmm. teammates for example if you yeah. have that x factor and you stand out how do you deal with the pressure of all your friends going this guy's going to be the next big thing and your dad saying oh you can be pro if you want to be is there is there a method to dealing with that pressure i mean i think the best method is believing it um obviously you don't want to be naive or uh, or uh, have a big head about it but i think that truly believing that you can do it is uh, is the first step because if you don't believe in yourself nobody else will mm-hmm. so um once you have all that pressure from people on the outskirts you want to be very clear about who you are and what you want to be and if you're clear and and know that you want to be a professional and know that you want to push the boundaries then you're going to do it it's phenomenal it's almost like channeling that to that positive energy to reinforce mm-hmm. you know the mindset and the gifts that you already have and just to kind of try and take it to the next level and something you mentioned with your dad is you've done a little bit extra and you trained a little bit extra how do you find that that individual training outside of corporate training has helped you do you find that doing those little extra tidbits has helped you throughout your career a hundred percent i think it makes all the difference and um i've done extra my probably since i've been a pro as well um because i always wanted to to push the boundaries and i wanted to feel like i was i was uh improving every day and sometimes like being a being a professional footballer sometimes there's sessions where you don't do much you kind of you run through tactics which obviously is doing something but you you don't do much with the ball and and you'll need a little bit extra to, to push yourself because if you just go home and sit down and watch tv on your couch for the rest of the day mm-hmm. then what you know you haven't really done much with your day and obviously there comes the the sports science side of it and all that kind of stuff. You don't want to kill yourself, but doing that little tiny bit extra, whether it's just a little bit of footwork or a little bit more shooting or um, passing a ball against a wall, which is one of the easiest things to do. It can, it can go a long way for your future. It's incredible. You know, you've made me think back to when I was in Colombia coaching and I was um, alongside a guy who was coaching at Atletico Nacional who went on to win the Copa Libertadores that year. Mm-hmm. And he, I said to him, what's the best coaching advice you give kids? And he says, I tell a kid to get a football and go find a wall. And I go right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. And he goes and get comfortable mm-hmm. with both feet. And he goes, and you'll be amazed in a couple of years if you have someone doing that especially as a young child every single day of how comfortable they'll become with their weak side and it brings me to another question when what's the best piece of advice if you can pick one that you've ever received from a coach or a mentor or someone that's maybe just had an impact on your life yeah um yeah that's a tough one actually um i've gotten a lot a lot of good advice but uh some of the best advice i've ever gotten um, is about refocusing and uh, from a guy named there's a couple of guys who have told me but the two guys that have told me it the most or three I guess or my dad obviously because my dad has been involved in my football life forever but um, my coach Niall Thompson I don't know if you know him but uh, he he's he's played a very important role in me becoming a pro so Niall Thompson and Pamaduka um, both of those two have told me that the most important thing about playing football is being able to refocus. So let's say, for example, as a, uh, as a forward playing player, I missed a shot and 
I, I lose my head about it because it was a shot that I knew I could have scored. It's about how fast can you refocus because a lot of the time you can spiral into, into messing up because you made one little mistake and next thing you know, the whole game is shot. You have a bad game. And instead of having that, Niall and Pa would tell me to, to think about, okay, wh what's my next touch going to be? What am, or what am I going to do next time when I get in that situation to make it better? And then you forget about it and you keep playing. And that, that, that's been, uh, there's multiple ways to do that. You can put an elastic band on your wrist and flick yourself every time you need to, or you could say it in your head. It's, it's about, but it's really about how quickly you can refocus because once you make a mistake, it's very easy to dwell. Yeah, it is. And I think, especially in, in this day and age, you know, it might have been different 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but now that everything is so virtual and everything is online, it's almost like if you if you miss a chance or if a keeper drops one into the net, that person cannot almost escape that. And it's yeah. it's so easy to spiral and so easy to get, you know, waylaid, so to speak, with just the negativity and opinions of other people and the over overana analysis, I suppose, of certain things when it could just be you just missed a shot and that's it. There's no real craziness to it. You just missed. And it's one of those right. things that I, and you move on. But one of the key components I feel to be in a professional footballer and especially at the elite level and a successful, you know, professional footballer is mindset. And, you know, you've talked about making sure and refocusing and re-energizing and make sure you're ready for the next chance. That all has to stem from understanding yourself and understanding how you operate and mentally how you how you do what you do and um, so talk to me about the importance of having number one a strong mindset and how you develop that mindset over a period of time coming up through the youth system and into your professional career yeah I, honestly um, mindset is probably more important than the physical side and technical side of football because if you don't again if you don't believe in yourself and if you don't have the confidence to take risks and and the 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 uh the ability to to build, like help yourself basically mm -hmm. then you'll never go anywhere uh, i've struggled with it at some points as well i've had times where i'm like my confidence is shaken because i haven't done things properly and that sort of thing but being able to to get out of that is is part of your mindset and you have to kind of remember what you're doing it for and where you want to be and uh a lot of the time uh, what I what I would do as a, a young player, <laughs> which is a, a little bit crazy, but Thierry Henry is my favorite player of all time. Mm -hmm. And when I would be in a slump of something, I would be like, how would Thierry Henry think of this? Mm -hmm. Or how would he deal with this? And that kind of helped me because I knew that Thierry, if you ever listen to a Thierry Henry uh, interview or anything, he's one of the most confident uh, players ever, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And you can tell his mindset is unwavering. He wants, he knew what he was going to be. He knew what he wanted to be and he just pushed for it. And I think that once you, once you can find that clear path for yourself and you don't let anybody else dictate your mindset, it's just you, then you'll be successful. I think you're absolutely spot on in terms of the mindset. You know, it is so vitally important because your mindset influences everything. You know, your nutrition, your sleep, you know, how you decide to turn up the training and how you decide to apply yourself, even if it's a drill you don't like or a drill you think is is pointless or you're just maybe think, this doesn't benefit me. But if your mindset is right and you're focused and you're ready to go, I just think that you open yourself up to so much more growth and development 
you know, through that. And you're right about Thierry Henry, that confidence, it oozed from him. And I think it influenced mm-hmm. his teammates as well, you know, over yeah. the course of the years. It certainly had an influence on Montreal when he coached up there. Um, the only thing I wish, I wish he stayed a little bit longer. I thought he was doing a very good job there. Um, and I wish he stayed a little bit longer. But in terms of, you know, you mentioned when we were talking about mindset, confidence level, especially as a striker, you know, confidence is a word we associate a lot with goal scorers and with forwards. How big a role does confidence play in a striker's life, so to speak, professional life? I would I would say it's the biggest, biggest aspect of a striker. If you don't have confidence, you're not going to score. Um, the I think that, the again, a striker has to be able to bring somewhat of an X factor. And that X factor doesn't have to particularly be a skill. It doesn't have to be that you're really good at doing stepovers or really good at a Ronaldo chopping or something like that. It can just be your X factor could be that you're hungrier than the guy beside you. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I'm trying to find an example of someone like that. Um, oh, let's use Chicharito. Chicharito sometimes on the ball doesn't look like he's the best, but when that when the ball drops in the box, you can tell he knows where to be. You can tell that he wants it way more than the defender beside him, and that's his X factor. That's that's what he brings to the to the table, and you can tell that he's confident every time that he steps on the field. Um, so yeah, for for a forward, confidence is everything. If you don't have confidence, it's going to be very difficult to to take those risks and and believe in yourself and believe in that X factor that you carry. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. And in terms of your confidence level, and I know everyone does different things. Do you have any rituals or superstitions or things you do prior to every game that makes you feel comfortable or relieves any anxiety, etc.? Um, honestly, I, I tend to like watching uh, old clips of of myself or of other players that helps me a lot with with confidence and and just decision making kind of and i think decision making kind of plays into confidence as well um not hesitating and and that sort of thing so um being able to watch guys like drugba and Thierry Henry or even myself make really good decisions in in tough situations i think that helps a lot with confidence and and understanding what i have to do to to put the ball in the back of the net I think a key point you mentioned there, you know, is what you have to do to put the ball in the back of the net. And I think with being a forward as well, you know, as a centre midfielder, people will ask you to run through a wall, to win balls, to tackle, to create, and you kind of know what you're doing, so to speak. A forward's so different in, in, in relation to that because there could be long periods of the game where you're not involved. You know, if your team's under the caution, you have to be mentally aware, you have to switch on. And a lot of the stuff which I think make strikers the best strikers is often things without a ball you know you mentioned you know chicharito for example he just knew where to be and your position mm. your positioning your awareness the <laughs> you know to know what your player is going to do to, to have this almost perception of knowing where the ball is going to drop of how your is your winger going to cross it into the front post the back post the gamble sometimes to take a risk and run to the front post and the ball comes to the back post it's just one of those things um mm. How does that, how do you develop those skills? Does that come by practice or is there an analytical side to that as well? I think that a lot of it can just be instinct, um, which is is hard to, to, you can't build that instinct. Sometimes it just happens and it clicks for you. And I think that all strikers get it at a different time. Um, I also think that it does play into repetition. Um, so training to be, to be the best, uh, doing crossing and finishing 
like over and over and over and over again after every single session will make it so you know where the ball is going to bounce you know what type of cross is going to come when a person's in a certain area um so that doing repetition and practicing it can definitely uh make it easier yeah absolutely that repetition and just building on those basics consistently i think adds so much you know to to anyone's game and for the young people listening to this podcast you know you've mentioned the one percent doing the extra work you've mentioned you know just analyzing yourself and knowing what makes you work and being able to refocus. I think there's so much in there for anyone listening to this podcast to want to improve their own performance in their own game. Um, talk to me about the biggest challenge of your career and how you overcame that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, when I first became a professional footballer, um, I had uh, my coach basically tell me that I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And he sent me down to the U23 team to basically, I guess, find myself, kind of. Um, so I went to in that span. It was actually a very good year for me. It was probably, some would consider the best year of my life, apart from this one. Um, and I went to Korea. I went to England. And I went to Mexico. And I played with the U23 team. I played against... Club America, I played against Brighton, I played against Bournemouth, I played against uh, Suwong uh, Bluebirds, which is the mm-hmm. team that Daniil Henry plays for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I played against a bunch of teams, and I, I, I realized that maybe I wasn't ready yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as time went on and I got back into the first team, I don't think that it, I, I wasn't ready. I think that I just got kind of thrown into the fire early and I just needed to approach it with a different mindset. Mm-hmm. So I needed to tell myself instead of I wasn't ready, I needed to say I am ready and I'm going to keep my foot in this door because I think I deserve to be there. Um, so yeah, that was the biggest challenge to be able to, to flip my, my mindset and not believe what, a, what people were telling me because when a lot of the time when people that are older than you or have been involved in football for a long time tell you something, you just listen. And that's just how it is. But I think the best footballers in the world say, you know what, screw that. I don't wanna I don't wanna hear what you have to say. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this my way. And I did it my way and it turned out to to have me uh, kind of prove them wrong and and play a lot of games and score some goals and get some assists in MLS and have a good 2019 and it was uh it was very exciting for me because uh i got to to play in my first professional season which a lot of guys actually don't get to do um so yeah again it was a challenge for sure but uh the switch in mindset helped a lot my family helped me a lot and and, and told me that that everything's going to be okay and and i believed it and i and i did what i had to do obviously a pivotal moment in your career and in your journey and when it's probably all said and done and whenever you decide to hang up the boots in 10 15 years down the line that'll probably be a particular year you look back at as as a year that really made the difference for you and understanding yeah. your game and understanding how the game is played at you know at a, at a top you know adult level you know senior level and mm-hmm. um, whenever you've had an incredibly hard day whenever you've had a rough trading day and you're tired, what do you do to recover? Do you have any specific things that you do to make sure you're in great shape for the next training session? Um, yeah, actually. Um, ice baths are, are one of them, but I don't do them very often anymore. The, the one that I've discovered quite recently is uh, 
just putting your legs up against the wall and just kind of laying there for 10, 15 minutes, it, it kind of moves all the blood inside your legs and I guess repairs your, your muscle tissues a little bit quicker. Um, and I've, I've, I've felt that that helps me a lot. Um, it also helps you relax a little bit and kind of get the heart rate down because you're probably losing your mind that because you had a hard day or rough day. So, um, yeah, I think just kind of like getting off your phone and putting your legs up, relaxing for, for 10 to 15 minutes can make a big difference for the rest of your day. And, um, another thing that I've kind of discovered is that, um, social media is, is a little bit toxic. Mm-hmm. So, um, when you have the bad days, getting off your phone really does matter because, and in our current generation, phones are everything. A lot of people can't live without their phones, including myself, because mm-hmm. it's my means of communication. But uh, getting off it for a couple of hours or an hour or 20 minutes, whatever you have to do, can uh, can make a difference for your life, for your day and for, for your week even. Yeah, it absolutely can. And I think that that really comes into the, you know, the over over analytical side of football, you know, especially mm-hmm. as football becomes so much more accessible to everyone. Um, whenever things do go wrong, you have you know, your 15 random keyboard warriors sending you crazy stuff on Twitter mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And you're like, you know, what? It, it, it's an incredible, incredible, the nuts kind of environment to live in um, yeah. th- these days in, in, in that aspect. But in terms of like hydration, nutrition as well, how do you stay on top of that? Is there any specifics to staying on top of that? Or is it just consistency with the discipline and the dedication to the craft? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> drinking water is probably the one of the most important things ever. And uh, staying hydrated is, is a little bit difficult to, to do because you, you can forget very easily. But uh, the way that I do it is I just kind of keep up a, a full water bottle around me all the time. So I'll just take sips out of it um, whenever I can and whenever I think to. But just keeping it around me makes it so that eventually I'll drink it. Um, when it comes to nutrition, it's again another really really important side of being a good footballer um there's a a couple of uh anomalies around the world and people that have like are freaks in nature and can eat whatever the hell they want and and they'll be fine but for me personally being a a, a six foot four and a pretty heavy guy I, i think what i eat and what i put into my body really matters because if i for example, eat way too much all the time, I'm just going to be heavy and won't be able to move on the field. So I think it, there's so much you have to think about when you, when you really want to, to be successful and be an elite level professional athlete. And nutrition is probably like top of the line, one of the most important ones. So depending on who you are and how your body works, uh, it's, it's different for everyone, but I think that uh, watching what you eat, maybe you don't have to count calories and all that kind of stuff, but just being more aware of not eating cake and not eating chocolate and kind of eating more vegetables and getting your protein intake in and all that kind of stuff really matters. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I think that's the behind the scenes stuff, you know, of football Mm -hmm. that majority of fans and the, we just don't see that you know we see someone come onto a football pitch and be like oh he's really good or she she's really good or why did he do that or whatever but there's so much goes into it behind the scenes in terms of your hydration your nutrition your training even probably your sleep pattern 
everything mm-hmm. and your mindset, making sure your mindset's right. Whatever it is you do before a game, while you put your headphones in, listen to music, watch a video, whatever it is that gets you ready to go out and play. There's so much into that, those little nuances that helps you know young players develop and become elite professionals and even helps those elite professionals maintain that level at the top. Um, one of the key things which I think is phenomenal for the new generation of young players coming through and if we look at England for example you can look at Phil Foden and Jude Bellingham you know playing at elite level clubs you know for those young people to look up to inspire to be and be like okay there's a realistic goal here because look how young these guys are and look what they're doing and um, for yourself as well there's you came through and there's a couple of other guys came through Alfonso Davies is probably the most recognizable one that came through along the same time as you and you see where he is right now would would that be an inspiration not only for you but maybe for younger players coming through to see that there are like young people who were able to come through the academies play at the elite level and make it to the top level in the world you know such as Alfonso winning Champions Leagues yeah 100% I think that uh that Alfonso, especially for Canada, has been uh, somewhat of a, a, a he's, he's led by example. He's, mm-hmm. he's showed the whole country that um, you can come from anywhere. And, and Alfonso's come from the toughest of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Not, he's not just any person. He's really from the toughest places on, on the planet. And he's, he's made it to the top of the top, the most elite you can, you can get. He's won the most prestigious trophy you can win at, at the club level. So um, I think that, that does, it does more than even uh, be a, like a role model for everyone. It, it really does show them that it's possible. There's, and really nothing's impossible when it comes to football. If, you, uh, if you're dedicated enough and you really want it and you train hard enough and you and you have the means to to kind of push boundaries for yourself. You can you can bring it wherever your your mind can take it. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And even yourself as well. You know, I think you're a great example for younger players because younger players can come up through and make it to the first team. And then almost feel like, okay, now what? And um, for example, mm-hmm. you had this opportunity to go to Norway and to play and to win a league title and go up and to have the feeling of winning a championship. And now that's given you that desire and that hunger for more. Um, do you feel any pressure with that aspect of it? You know, as being an example, you know, we've talked about football and the stuff you do behind the scenes to make yourself ready. But in terms of the professionalism side of the game? I mean, I don't feel the pressure. I actually enjoy the fact that uh, the people um, somewhat look up to, to to this generation of footballers, including myself. Um especially being a, a young black man, it's, it was, there was difficult times in the last couple of years. Um, so being able to show other young, young footballers and young black men that they can, they can be successful in this game is really important for me. And uh, I think it's important for the world to know that, uh, that this, again, at the end of the day, football is a sport and it's about having fun and I'm, I'm really enjoying myself. And I hope that, that the, that the young footballers uh, around the world are enjoying themselves too on the, the road to trying to become a professional. It's uh, it's difficult to to kind of separate the two. Sometimes people get lost in the in the fact that they're trying to become a pro and lose the fun side of it. But you have to keep enjoying yourself because the reason why we all started playing this game is is for fun. So um, yeah, being being uh, my message to to any young players around is to just keep having fun because. If you're not having fun on this road, then then it's it's going to be difficult for you to 
to really enjoy your life. It's a vitally important message that you gave there, you know, both at the start of your answer and obviously at the end about enjoying the game as well. And for young players coming through, yes, be professional. Yes, chase the dream. Yes, work hard, but yes, enjoy it. Um, And remember that you started playing football because you loved it. And, and to kind of to make sure that love doesn't go away and that passion never goes away, but still have that desire to grow and to develop. Um, but Theo, this has been a really good conversation. Just as we wrap this up, um, where can people find you online if they want to follow you, Twitter, Instagram? Where are you based if people want to continue to follow your yeah. journey? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm relatively active on Instagram and on Twitter. On Instagram, it's uh, at Thelonious Bear. And then on Twitter, it's TT Bear, and you guys can can follow me. You can ask me questions. I'm I'm active enough that I'll I'll see people if they DM me and they and I don't follow them back. So if uh, if anyone has questions, just ask away, and I'll I'll try to get to it. We thank you for that. You know, there, that's an opportunity for our listeners, for any young player that wants to go pro and you want to continue this conversation with Theo. The opportunity is there. These DMs are open, so send a message there's some brilliant words of wisdom all the way throughout this this podcast theo thank you so much for your time i'm looking forward to seeing what's next for you i hope it's glorious and goals galore and i hope it's with vancouver whitecaps the, the obviously the decision for you will be where you want to go from here i feel like it's up to you to decide because you've had such a great experience in norway and i'm sure yeah. there'll be plenty of people on the phone looking your services to decide whatever's next for you so i wish you all the best in that thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you yeah thank you so much for having me and it's a uh, it's my pleasure uh, being being here and uh, if you ever need me again i'll, I'll be around there we have it folks that was the podcast with theo bear remember match at football youtube facebook instagram for all your footballing needs and drop theo a follow as well to see what's going on but thank you for listening and we'll be back next week